business like parenting conditions you to have to be better as a person in order to get better outcomes yeah. or better results. And, um, and one of the things that we have to do is we have to understand that um, in order for to get out of the rat, rat race, we have to clearly define success. Welcome to the Disruptance Podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric Forney and Michael Bounds. Mike, every week on the show, we aim to disrupt the way real estate agents and entrepreneurs think about their business in order to make them more profitable and productive. And this week, I want to disrupt the way you think about the rat race. And what I mean by that is, is that I want people to understand that there is no finish line. Yeah. Right. Is that we're we're all in the pursuit of something. And the belief is that there is uh, a stopping point in which we have to stop pursuing. And and so what I want to disrupt is the idea that there is, in fact, a finish line. Yeah. So, Tyler, do you yeah, want to define bef- what the rat race is so we can say, have a yeah. context? Yeah. Before we move forward, I want you to imagine what you think the rat race is. And now I'm going to tell you what the dictionary says a rat race is. Hold on. Let me pull it up. (laughs) (laughs) So I was trying to buy myself some time. All right. I can, um, let me tell I'll tell you. I got it. I got it. it. Um, A way of life in which people are caught up in a fiercely competitive struggle for wealth or power. Um, And I saw, I saw a couple other ones. Um, this one from Merriam-Webster Dictionary. The definition is the unpleasant life of people who have jobs that require them to work very hard in order to compete with others for money. And then Wikipedia has a rat race is an endless self-defeating or pointless pursuit. The phrase equates humans to rats attempting to earn a reward such as cheese in vain. Okay, so yeah, where the, the where the term what rat race comes from is you, you said earlier, uh, Indian culture, um, they would take a rat uh, or two rats and race them. There would be a piece of cheese, and they would spend more energy running across the room for that piece of cheese than what the cheese was worth. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> so that I don't know if it was from Indian culture. It was from the Times of India. Oh, the Times of okay. India. I heard but, India. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, see. I heard India. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what kind of gave me the 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 um, the insight to where I kind of wanted to discuss this topic was I remember uh, very. I learned a lot by hanging out with Eric. I, I I consider Eric a mentor. I learned a lot from him. And uh, being an entrepreneur, I was uh, in, we were in a, a room uh, in our market center. Uh, this was uh, probably a couple years ago. And there was, there's, when you're an entrepreneur, there's a certain um, feeling, emotion that goes along with this that a lot of my uh, non-entrepreneurial friends don't really understand. And so I remember one time, uh, you, Eric, walking in and you saying something about your business. And I had a moment of clarity that, oh, my God, this does not end. The feeling that I have every day, this pie in the sky, this imaginary place like Eric, your team is killing it. You're crushing it. You're selling a lot of real estate. And that same anxiety that I feel every day or that same disturbance or that same 
that same uh, pool, mm-hmm. you feel it too. Yeah, 100%. And, and I'm not saying you don't, but yeah, I'm just saying I, you're like Superman. So everybody's like, you know, hey. And so it gave me a moment of clarity and knowing that I need to be comfortable in how I feel because Eric feels it. I'm sure people that are, have a much larger business than you, they feel it. Yeah. And so you just have to be comfortable in that discomfort. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I was in a room with, um, in at the last abundance event. And, um, I think I may have talked about this two, two episodes ago, but the, they asked the question is, are you more of who in the room is afraid of being poor again? And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, couple hundred of of some of the best entrepreneurs in the country and um, probably three quarters of the room raised their hand that the most motivating thing for them is is not being poor again yeah right? and so I think about the fact that that's pull that's anxiety that's that like um, driver yeah. that causes some of that negative um, energy and so yes to your point if if um, if someone's not an entrepreneur, they may not feel that struggle. And it's one of the fastest, it's one of the things you have to get used to and comfortable with and, and accept, uh, if, if you're going to get into leadership or in entrepreneurship is because to a large degree, it's a thankless industry. There has to be something a little bit deranged and a little bit off to say, Hey, I'm going to go do this again tomorrow. Yeah. Unless that's what gives you energy. Yeah. It's like literally getting kicked in the nuts sometimes. And then you're like, okay, I got to do it again. Like (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Like you're like, man, you've got to be crazy to do it. But you know, what's interesting though is, is that parenting is very similar in that, in that that's the best analogy I can make for someone who's potentially not an entrepreneur is, is that parenting is similar in that when you really look at like the addition and subtraction of of parenting, the sacrifices you have to make as a parent, the compromises, the challenges, the frustrations, the expenses, the the losses. Um, if you only look at all of the things that you give up, yeah, or the sacrifices, or the compromises, and you don't um, realize all of the um, things that you gain, yeah, it's incredibly taxing situation to be in what it is is um what i'm hearing is it's the delayed gratification yeah there's delayed gratification but i think then even the next level is is you have to understand that you know i said um that you know one of the failures in the declaration of independence was when you know when it said that uh man would have the um life liberty and the pursuit of happiness right the the failure in thinking is that the pursuit of happiness is a is a human right that when you get to the pursuit of happiness that you that you actually attain happiness right the real hack is is that the pursuit of happiness is the happiness yeah and so the the next level ninja skill is to understand that the the process is the fulfillment the outcome or the product happens to just be like the secondary consequence or the result of the process itself. So you have to fall in love and enjoy the process. Otherwise the product is really unfulfilling or unrewarding, but for the most part, everyone's chasing the product. Yes. They're chasing the end. We are conflating the end product with the pursuit. It's just like us when we're chasing money, you're not really chasing money. We're trying, we're, we're trying to buy our time. Yeah. 
So what we're doing is we're chasing money, and that in itself is a hole. Correct. That is insatiable because you there's so many things that you there's can buy. Enough. There's that's never right. enough. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, it's just being really clear in what it is, the what that pursuit is, and understanding that there is no separation from the pursuit of happiness. It's there it isn't happiness, it's the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so the where where the tug or where that pull, where that where that discomfort comes is is when we focus exclusively on the ideal future. When we focus on the the where we're trying to go and believing that once we get there something will feel different or be different. Um, when we when we're focused exclusively on that is where all of that like disturbance comes from. And so that's where I think that people have to understand, okay, if I, if you, if you're just starting, um, you know, a business now, or if you're, um, in the rat race, then what you have to realize is that, um, if you don't want all of that anxiety and pull and disturbance of, of entrepreneurship, there are things that you have to do to try to minimize it or avoid it in general. Um, none of which are uh, necessarily fun or without, um, doing a lot of like inner work on yourself, right? Yeah. That business is, you know, Adam always says the business is the ultimate conduit for personal growth. And, you know, I, I joke that he somehow got to be so wise and speak in parables uh, at nearly the same age. And it's um, crazy. It is. It? It's bonkers. <laughs> and, um, and so um, what I realize is how true that statement is, because um, business like parenting conditions you to have to be better as a person in order to get better outcomes yeah. or better results. And um, and one of the things that we have to do is we have to understand that um, in order for to get out of the rat, rat race, we have to clearly define success. Yeah. And it has to be. It has to be clear enough to measure it. You know, when I'm coaching um, some of our CEOs or when I'm coaching other um, entrepreneurs, they'll they'll tell me about a new initiative or something that they're going to start or do in the future in their business. And I'm always amazed by um, how how rarely they're able to define success mm -hmm. and what it will look like. So, you know, I'll almost always ask the question that goes, you know, um, what when you get success, what will it look like? Yeah. And I'm amazed at how few people know that answer. Yeah. And and this is where the benefit of having someone who who coaches you to extract different questions of yourself is so key in entrepreneurship is that we could all ask ourselves that question. Yeah. Right. You could ask yourself that question by listening to this podcast. What will success look like? What will I see when I get there? And you could journal about it. You could write it. But if you don't write it in a really crystal clear picture if you haven't painted it like thomas kincaid <clears throat> then there's a high probability that you'll choose to be um amb ambiguous and you'll negotiate with your own predetermined success because of the fact that you failed to define it up front and you won't enjoy that success that's right you won't smell the roses i'm sitting there i'm telling you guys yes yesterday this happened to me i'm standing outside in my yard and last year, when we were doing this podcast, last year this time, I'll cut my grass every time. I cut my grass every... This year, I stood out of my yard, perfectly manicured and cut, and I <laughs> never once cut it this year. And I was like, you know what? That was My goal was I was going to hire a guy to come and cut my grass. And this year, I never, I didn't have, I never cut my grass. And I celebrated that moment. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Because that's a, that's a win. 
Yeah, I love that. So that's so basically you were really clear on the objective on what success was going to look like and it and you know there's some people that would hear that and go that that was Great. success. Great. Yeah. And yet the reality is is we don't need to set goals uh, or or finish lines or success markers uh, like Jeff Bezos, right? right? We don't need to go to the to go to the space in order to define um, something as a success. And most importantly, is we need to look back and we need to celebrate the progress from where you started yep. to to where you ended up and, and how far that success has gotten. Now, time out. I have an acre of yard. Mm-hmm. It, cut, it takes me an hour and a half to cut my grass, and I cut my grass twice a week. Yep. So, out of all that time, my business is up, the market center recruiting is up, all of the, the energy and the effort. It sounds really small that I have a guy coming and cutting my grass once a week, but I got a lot of opportunity costs we just yeah, talked about right. in, our last, yeah. in our last conversation. Yep. So that's kind of what that, when I meant by that, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, no, you're 100% spot on. That's important for people to understand is, is that you'll, that someone will lose sight in understanding the um, true impact of having something like mowing the grass executed and the wind behind that when they, if they only think about it as like the job done right? instead of the emotional, like like strain it puts on you if you don't if you don't enjoy it how much you um, don't look forward to doing it and the mental toll that takes then the three hours that you give plus whatever time's invested in getting your you know tractor whatever it is ready to mow (laughs) in all of the process and waste and lag that goes into that not that, that it's gets, worth it. Yeah, I'm gonna give you. I'll give you another. I had a hose on the car. The hose. I could have climbed underneath the car, changed the radiator hose, or I paid the shop a hundred dollars. And guess what? I didn't get dirty. You didn't see my fat butt on the cold ground. <laughs> like you're paying for. That's what you're paying for. I'm paying for my time. I'm able to hang out with you guys. Yeah. Instead of being underneath my car. And so then an entrepreneur needs to define that really, that really clear picture of success and not that like Picasso version where it's abstract, right? Right. It's like not kind of the rough general outline of what it will look like, but actually super clear painting of what success will look like and what you'll see when you get um, to success, because then at least that gives you a marker Um, of something to, to move towards. But I also think that we have to define the picture of where you start clearly. You know, I talk with entrepreneurs all the time and they, and they get so frustrated because they feel like um, nothing is working or they're, they always end up with problems. Mm -hmm. And, and so the focus is always about all the problems that people have in their business. And what's interesting is I've done this with, with myself and I did it with the market center. And what we find is that when we're always trying to solve problems, cause that's what entrepreneurship is. You're always trying to add value to solve a problem, to create value in exchange for money. Um, when you're, when we're focused on the problem solving, we never look back at all the problems we've solved yeah. in order to have a new set of problems to go fix. Right. Yeah, And so I like to keep a list to start with of all the business holes or all the problems from the, from the dawn of time that we've set out to go uh, whack-a-mole 
and then cross them off when we when we get them off the list so that there's the ability to look back and go hey do you remember when we got here yeah and that there was when we got here remember we were just working in this little rv trailer because we didn't have enough to start with an actual real business or we were working on the front porch because we couldn't afford you know to own our own building or even to rent one or whatever that starting point is when we were, you know, we were Bill Gates, we were starting in our garage yeah. and this was the progression because if not, if we don't measure the progress from the starting point, we'll get too focused on where the, um, ambiguous end goal is yeah, and, and have way too much of that, um, that anxiety, that drag, that disturbance of never measuring up to the ideal. Right. Yeah. I mean, you said it last week with the the whole Megadeth and Metallica, like yeah. uh, living up to that ideal. That is where the disturbance. Um, I guess kind of what the rat race. What I hear when I hear the like, I hear two rats chasing for a piece of cheese, extor- ex- um, uh, using more energy than what is uh, rewarded. So one way to get out of the rat race is have an efficient business. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, I also think, too, that to some degree, there's some acceptance <laughs> that needs to happen around the idea that there is no such thing as getting out of it. Yeah. To be human is to um, is to incur problems. And by that, I mean, it's that nothing in life will ever go your way exclusively right is that if if today i had woken up on a cloudy day and i had been attached to um today being sunny today would be a problem and the reality is is the world cares nothing about whether or not i wanted it to be sunny or whether i wanted it to be cloudy it just is right and and choosing what i attach my own happiness to is what actually causes unhappiness and angst. And, and so, so that's the, the, the game changer for entrepreneurship is understanding that you can't attach yourself, your emotions, your happiness to the actual pursuit of the end goal of happiness. You can attach it exclusively to the pursuit. It is what it is. (laughs) That's exactly it. I mean, and you have to be okay with that. You have to like literally people get into like being an entrepreneur. I alluded to this earlier. They hear freedom. They hear financial freedom and they come in expecting that. And the problem is you have to get to that point and then you get that. And then even when you get that, it's not really a thing that it like it's not a destination. It's literally taking every step every day. And then when it stops is when you stop. Yeah. I hate how cliche this is, but it is so true is that sometimes we have to change the, the goalpost about winning. Sometimes we have to shorten the, yeah. the, the goalpost, the marker that the way in which we define a win, you know, I, just last week there was, there was someone internally who was frustrated about, um, about, something that like how others were showing up or not showing up. And, and, uh, you know, one of the things I told them was we have to change how we define a win on the days in which sometimes getting out of bed is, is a win. The win. Yeah. You know, like some days you, you're not going to wake up and run a marathon. And if you hold yourself to the standard of running a marathon, 
tomorrow you'll wake up out of integrity with yourself yesterday. Yeah. And so on the days in which you fall out of integrity with yourself and upholding your own, um, your own determined, you know, activities and what you're going to accomplish, you have to decide to move the goalpost that much closer and make just getting up the win to start stacking wins. Okay. Because when, when we, when we move the goalpost to something that we can actually achieve, then when we, when we um, honor ourselves and our commitments to the things that are easily achievable, then we can stretch the goalposts a little bit further. Okay. We can move it out. We can move it out and, and we can start to stack the habit of winning. But sometimes we have to have little tiny micro win celebrations to make the wins compounding. And that's one of the ways you avoid the rat race is that when you're only focused on winning the Super Bowl, you forget to win three yards. Yeah. And you cannot win a you Super gotta Bowl. You got to get to the Super Bowl. That's right. And you can only do it winning three yards at a time. Yeah. Because Focusing if you, on the fundamentals. That's right. If you win the three yards at the line of scrimmage every single time, you will mathematically win every single game. Right. If, and yet most people will focus exclusively on winning the Super Bowl. The focus on winning the Super Bowl is what causes the most internal That's pain. That's the anxiety. That's the pain. And yeah. so you have to fall in love with the line of scrimmage instead. Yeah. Yeah. So like that is a great analogy. And so I'm wondering, like, do you ever get to a place where there is no goal line? <laughs> like well, you just you're just comfortable just Yes. And yes and no. Okay. So that's where it gets, that's where it now gets I'm in like, the Yoda territory. Yeah, right? correct. This is where it gets really, <laughs> you're, uh, that is the best version too, is the, to think of it like Yoda. That is a perfect analogy because understand there's, there's like a couple ways to think about it. It's in a, in a, in a perfect way. Let's look at it. Like, um, I think the best analogy to this is Jesus, right? If you think about being an entrepreneur, Jesus, Jesus was okay with everything. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time still tried to change what he could change in order to um, better society or better others. Jesus still showed up to serve based on his missional belief of serving other people. But at the same time, he was still okay with everything that he could not control or that he could not change. Okay. Right. It's like he didn't want to be dragged through the streets and beaten and crucified. However, it happened. He was okay with mm-hmm. the fact that he could not change. It was that. His, it was God's will. Right. But he tried to do what he could to change it. Right. And so that becomes the Yoda of entrepreneurship is is saying, OK, I'm going to do everything I can to change what I what I want to try to achieve the goal line. But I have to be OK knowing that um, some things in life I cannot change, and therefore I'm okay, okay. with whatever I what, with whatever I cannot change. I'm not at Yoda yet. I'm still no, at the I don't know. I'm still and, at go lines. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so then we understand, right? That like I love that though. I'm aware of it, which is good because I think a, a half of the battle is being aware that there's another level beyond where you're at. That's right. That's the first level of of it. If you think about <laughs> you think about in the context of of AA. The first step is the awareness, right? The yeah. admittance. Of I've it. got and a so, problem, right? <laughs> yeah. The first step, then, in this particular case, is understanding that it, that there can be that level of being okay with what is uncontrollable. The same way that I'm perfectly okay that today is cloudy, right? Because the cloudiness today has no impact on whether or not I choose to be happy or whether or not I choose to be mad, sad, and different. 
Right. It is. I'm unattached to the weather every day Mm -hmm. because my life is not determined by the weather. Thankful. But some people are. My life. Totally. (laughs) So there's some people that like they're instantly in a bad mood if the if the if the weather isn't good. Yeah. And think about it, too, that goes there are people that drive through traffic that are attached to the driver in front of them. There are people that are attached to whether or not there are slow drivers, fast drivers, idiot drivers, reckless drivers, all of those things. And yet not an ounce of control can be exerted on that driving environment. Yeah. And road rage happens because people are attached to the way other people drive. Yeah. Yeah. And it works the exact same way in business yeah. because when we get attached to the way other people operate either inside of our business or outside of our business or completely unattached or unaffiliated with it, like po- political policies, like government policies, uh, then, then we've decided instead to attach our own outcome to something that we have no actual influence or meaning to. Yeah. And that's where we start to lose. Yeah. No wonder that's the rat rate. Like I, no wonder why people burn out. Like I'm, and I'm putting myself in that. Like I've, I've been there. Like, and you're right. You're trying to control all these things that you just can't control. And I bet you there's a lot of anxiety and disturbance in that. Absolutely. I mean, even just watching you make the the gesture yeah. of controlling <laughs> is you clinching, right? Yeah. And the the gesture even of clinching causes like a totally different strain on your body yeah. to try to clinch and control than the actual like letting go part yeah. of, of understanding that there's a set of things that you can control, actually control Action. and that you should take action to try to influence those things. And that's your systems and models. Yes. And that's whether or not you're contributing energy to the environment yeah. that is positive or that is influential at the end of the day though you uh, even no matter no matter what as a business owner you can't control whether someone wakes up and gets out of bed right you can control how you show up yeah to influence right whether they get out of bed right but it but at the end of the day you have to be unattached to the fact that that person maybe did not show up to work because they did not uh either choose or they were not influenced enough to get out of bed and show up and, and so that becomes the hack that goes, what are we going to instead then attach ourselves to, if anything, okay. um, in, in entrepreneurship that will cause us the pain? You know, it's interesting. One of, one of our people said to me the other day, he said, why do you do this? Why do you keep, why do you keep um, dealing with problems or why do you keep dealing with these kind of headaches? And, uh, and, uh, I, you know, I love when people ask yeah. deep, good questions like that. And, uh, and especially someone, uh, you know, n- newer in their entrepreneurship. And so what I said to him was, um, the, the reason why you do it is because you want to, um, take moments like this and give them back to people like yourself because you find fulfillment in it. Mm-hmm. And so my point to him was, is that, I know that regardless of whether I do entrepreneurship or business here, there, or everywhere, it will come with its own set of problems. Right. To be a CEO or to be in business or to be alive is to problem solve. Right. And so I can't just quit, change, or or make drastic actions thinking that I'll avoid problems to solve. Right. It's just different problems. I have to fall in love with the problems. Yeah. 
you totally have to fall in love with the problems. Not, and we try to avoid the problems. That's right. Instead, I have to fall in love with the problems and realize that when I solve the problems, then I gain something from an, that experience in order to pass it on to someone else. Right. And I, there's going to be a new set of problems. That's right. And I have to find fulfillment in passing it on to someone else. Otherwise, I'm not, there's probably not a good reason for me to go out and solve problems. I should do something with the least amount of problems involved. Right. I should go out and I should be um, the, the, you know, the scanner probably on the assembly line at the UPS right. or whatever. You because go work at Amazon. That's right. I should just <laughs> pick, pack, I should pick things off and scan them because I bet my scanner will work more frequently than a service-based business will work consistently. And so if I don't fall in love with the problem so that I can go out and, and pay it forward by sharing that experience, uh, that wisdom, that knowledge with someone else, I'm going to be incredibly unfulfilled. Right. And guess what I hear when I hear that I'm solving problems that I love? I, I don't hear when I hear rat race. I hear extending energy for a energy source that's worth less than the energy. So guess what? You're not participating in a rat race yeah. because you are solving problems that you love and you're paying it forward. Yeah, absolutely. And so it, it, as much as I hate to say that it's, that it's easy, because it's not, by the way. No. So let me, let me just go back and say that um, on a daily basis, <laughs> on a regular basis, I focus on the ideal future. I focus on the like. Just like everybody else. Part of it, like everyone else. Yep. That's right. However, what I realize is that be, that because I because I have that awareness or that focus, I, I'm not gonna call. I'm not gonna do anything drastic. I'm not gonna show up and quit. I'm not gonna go up and like um, let it carry into tomorrow. Mm -hmm. At a certain point, you've got to leave it on the field. You've got to leave it at the office as much as possible. Um, as many more days than you take it with you. Right. Right, the goal is, is that can you, how, what, what's the percentage, right? What's the division of the days that it drains you mm -hmm. versus the days that it fulfills you? You want to keep shifting more days towards the fulfilling side than towards the draining side. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And I totally agree with that. Like I talk to people about real estate and they're like, man, you're really passionate. I would totally do real estate and not get, I, I totally yeah. love what I do. Like, and it's not just real estate. It's the entrepreneurial, like you're building, like I say, I feel like you're building a machine with people. You are. It's just, that's what it is. Are. It's like a, it's like, it's a machine. So, mm -hmm. and the, to see it work and to see the different things that you can do with it. That to me is the happiness, the pursuit yeah. of happiness, of watching it. Now, there, sometimes it feels like I'm getting kicked in the teeth because when you're building anything with people, right. <laughs> nothing ever goes perfectly according right. to plan. <laughs> right. Yep. yep. So, um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, so then it's not like a rat race because I love getting, you know, you're getting your teeth kicked in, yeah. but you're doing something you love to do. Yeah. You know, there's a book recently that just came out. I think it was, um, maybe maybe a month ago or something it was the idea that you um you focus instead of focusing on like the long-term future and what you are aspiring to is that you have to stop and you have to focus on the gain as in like even when you're going through this problem this challenge this um thing that you don't enjoy in your business or in life is what are you gaining mm -hmm. by going through that experience mm -hmm. because there's something that can be mined that can be um extrapolated from the experience that is a positive 
if you're willing to find the positive, there's something that um, is positive in every experience. David Goggins talks about it. He calls it the cookie jar. When some days you have to reach in the cookie jar and realize, yeah, I am a badass. Yeah, I did overcome that shit. Yeah, life did suck then, and I still overcame it and became this person, so I can do hard shit. Mm -hmm. And so the experience of going through that event that you don't love um, is going to produce some sort of gain. You have to be willing to hang on to the gain and find the gain in order to not have the, the, the drastic negative pull of the rat race itself. So what is the solution? Like, okay, I find myself, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm in the rat race. What do I do? Yeah, you have to stop. Um, and then you either have to get help um, from someone else or from yourself. Um, and, <laughs> and by that, I mean, I, I believe that typically that questions are what determines the quality of our thinking or the quality of our life. And that we can either have someone else who facilitates the questions for us to, to have a more positive awareness about this, what the, the benefit of the struggle is, or we can ask ourselves better questions in order to have the benefit of the struggle. And so um, if, if it's something that you're unwilling to talk to someone about, um, then journaling can be one of the best ways to have, um, to ask yourself questions to yeah. find the gain. Yeah. Right. And maybe that's setting out to say, OK, um, you know, Adam did this with me when we had we had um, a, a sizable exit from our company and some of our top performers left the company. And um, on my first coaching call after that, that event, uh, he said, OK, after he's like, you're clearly upset and, and this is bothering you. So after you get off the call, what I want you to do is take five minutes and write three things of gratitude about each person who left that you're upset with right now. And just that forcing me in that yeah. moment to, to, to write gratitude about people who left. And his point was you can't write gratitude because they're gone. Yeah. Cause that's a cop out. Yeah. You have to actually write gratitude about the person. And then you have to write gratitude about what you gained or what you, what you learned or benefited from while they were in your world. Um, and it changes the flow, the direction of yeah. your neurons. Like yep. when you're sitting and you're pissed, you're, when you, you can't be mad and give gratitude. No. It doesn't work together. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So I love that. That's a great, I, I'm, that's an aha that I'm going to take away and I'm going to definitely try to, that's one thing I'm going to take. Yeah. I love that. And, and so understand that then if you find value in it, like moving forward, then I have to then go look at it too that goes, okay, I go through the quitting, the exodus, the being pissed part. I experience it. I learn something by doing that activity and then I pay it forward by sharing it with you. Mm -hmm. That has to bring me fulfillment, which means the next time that I'm going through whatever event I don't want to go through in business or life, then I have to, I have to, I have to extract some benefit, some meaning, some experience that I pass on and pay forward to someone else and get fulfillment from that. And that's what this whole thing is. You that's guys, right. this whole podcast is like a labor and love like we've gotten our teeth yeah. kicked in and there's a way to like don't get your teeth kicked in listen to our podcast yeah. and then learn from what it is that allowed you know eric eric's built a really big business you know and he struggled with a lot of the things that you guys are struggling with that we all struggle with and you can take that and learn from it so i think that's awesome 
That's t- totally great. Eric, how do you define happiness? <laughs> uh, a temporary emotion. I, mm. I'm, I mean, to me, I just think that happiness is not actually something that you can, it is not a state of being. Let's put it that way. I look at happiness as an evolutionary survival mechanism. So I think about like the idea that, that, a, that a monkey climbs a tree going for a banana and when it gets the banana, it's happy. And that's fantastic for adaptive evolutionary biology Mm-hmm. Because the, the monkey needs to have that sudden surge of happiness and that, that chemical release of dopamine when they, when they get closer to achieving it in order for them tomorrow to go back out and climb the tree and go after another banana. Right. And so, but when they're done eating the banana and they're full and they're satiated, the happiness is typically gone. Mm-hmm. And there's a new state of feeling or emotion. And so it's contentment, it's content, but it's not happiness. Right. And there's a difference. Right. And so you can, I think that you can have a state of joy and that state of joy is often preceded by a state of gratitude, but happiness is just a moment in time. I look at like Tony Shea, the founder of, of Zappos, who unfortunately in essence, to some degree contributed to his own demise by pursuing happiness, his desire for um, the relentless pursuit of happiness arguably caused him to be much more unhappy. Mm -hmm. And and because I believe that if you, if you look at a lot of the first and second hand accounts of the end of his life, he thought he could get to a state of happiness. He was quite literally seemed like trying to biohack happiness. Yeah. And thinking that, that happiness was something you could unlock. Yeah. Um, was, was what actually caused him to be, uh, to actually suffer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest aha that I had was just the moment when I saw you, you're in that place. It just gave me clarity that, you need to be comfortable and be comfortable and, and just define like what that win is and just know that this is always changing. Like this never, I was talking to a, a, a person who was about to retire and I remember him talking about, I'm going to pay this off and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And then, you know what? I'm going to retire. And I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to pay this off. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do this. And that moment, I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to be doing this until I die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like that moment, because he literally is going through everything that I do in a day. And in a way, I was that guy. I'm just at a different stage right now. I'm not doing it to retire. I'm doing it to do something else. So the, the when I understood that, it helped me let go. Yeah. Yeah. We're all just chasing a banana. We're all, and we'll you know what? I'm in the tree again tomorrow to chase a different banana. That's exactly what we're doing. And so it gave me clarity. You don't, you know, how you don't time ever you know? actually get away from that. And, and so the thing you can get away from is the, the hatred for climbing the, the tree pain that the to weight. go get the banana. That's right. Is understanding that to, that to be human is to go back up and climb the tree again tomorrow to understand that, that in order to, survive you just gotta get the banana there's yeah. just no other choice it's not a rat race when no. you're not racing that's you're right just <laughs> that's right the only race is you against your ideal self because you're because you haven't come to the awareness and the acceptance that the ideal self will move 
when you get there. You'll continue to change the finish line whenever you get to your ideal. You know what I love? So I'm a Christian, y'all. I know I cuss sometimes. But the Bible, all the Bible is telling you is that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And that's all the rat race puts in your head that something is wrong. So then you have to go out and move Mm -hmm. in order to make things right. And what the Bible says is that everything's going to be all right. And so if you believe that, there is no rat race. Correct. Because if you're okay, then you're okay with everything else. There is no rat race. And that was the clarity that I got in 2020. Like you're seeing a difference. I realized that, you know what? All this is fake. This is all made up anyway. 2020 proved that to me. So if this is all made up, you kind of walk different. You're bold. And guess what? Everything is going to be okay. And if everything's going to be okay, there is no rat race. Yeah, because what you learned is that you can be highly adaptive to whatever the set of circumstances is, whether that was you had to stay home for two weeks, whether you, whether you had to wear a mask, not wear a mask, wear yoga pants, watch Tiger King, everything was okay if you chose for it to be okay. Yes. It was all a choice. <laughs>